Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. So we're back. Greg, how are you? I'm doing very well, Dave. We're going to talk to another influencer. Okay, not only are we going to talk to another influencer, we are going to talk to the guy who literally wrote the book on B Corps. How many people can say that? R- Ryan Honeyman can. Ryan, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, gentlemen. <laughs> was, that, was, that, was that an accurate intro? <laughs> that was perfect. Yeah. It's, uh, and we should mention it's, that it's we, we, we should mention that you also have a podcast, so you're used to kind of just going winging it. I'm guessing, right? Absolutely. That's true. That's awesome. Ryan, why don't you give us an introduction a little bit about uh, yourself, a little bit of your history, and uh, and our, our, our common passion for the B Corp movement. Sure. So I'm Ryan Honeyman. I'm a partner at a company called Lyft Economy. Lyft is an impact consulting firm whose mission is to create, model, and share a locally self-reliant economy for the benefit of all life. So we're sort of our goal is to recreate the economy on the 500-year plan uh, in a way that sort of works for everyone, as opposed to a lot of the changes we see now are, um, you know, bubbling up to the surface with climate change and politics and racial justice and social justice. But we're sort of trying to implement some of the solutions to take us on that the 500-year plan to recreate the economy. So, um, and I also am a big nerd for B Corps, as you as you mentioned. And, uh, and and you've been in the movement for a very long time too, Ryan, as well. Like, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit of that that history about how you got involved and and why it was compelling for you to get involved, and a little bit of what you've contributed. Sure. So I originally I, I started a solo consulting practice um, in 2011, and my general gist was I want to help companies be more sustainable. So that was. A few things like looking at energy, water, waste efficiency, or you know, employee engagement around sustainability, or perhaps marketing and, and sort of telling the story to external audiences. And around you know the end of 2011, early 2012, I started hearing about B corporations um, and was pretty intrigued by you know this this sort of the certification for the whole company as opposed to just the you know the building. Uh, a green building or or a green product. It was actually the whole company had been verified. So I, you know, I looked to the the community, folks like Patagonia and Ben and Jerry's and King Arthur Flower and Seventh Generation, and so a lot of these brands that I aspired to be like were already certified B Corps. So I said, well, hey, like this is pretty cool. So my idea was, why not talk to everyone, whoever my consulting clients are about B Corps rather than just talking up generally about sustainability. Because the, the three things that I got really excited about for B Corps was first, the, the ability to measure um, and manage your impact. So in sustainability generally, it's, it's difficult to be able to measure your, your sort of social and environmental performance, but B Corp gave a company a step-by-step process to be able to do that. So that was exciting. The second was, like I mentioned earlier, just the community itself. So Patagonia, anything with Patagonia in it, I feel like it's a good, it's a good bet to just join that community. Um, and then third, uh, I was really excited about the growth and the sort of publicity it was getting. So 
The New York Times was writing about B Corps, the Wall Street Journal, The Economist, The Atlantic. Uh, folks like Bill Clinton were talking about B Corps. Um, and so it just seemed like it was all of these social and environmental issues that I was passionate about rolled into one uh, global movement. So how, how does someone go from that kind of general interest or intrigue um, to, to authoring a book? And it's the B Corp Handbook, How to Use Business for, as a Force for Good. How, how did that come about? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I feel like I've heard venture capitalists, because I live in the San Francisco Bay Area, sort of near Silicon Valley, that the best companies to fund are the ones that are solving their own problem. So it's like they they have some annoying thing happen to them and then they build a company around solving that problem. Um, so for me as a consultant talking to business owners, I, I realized that, you know, certified B Corps were incredibly exciting, but there's also, it's hard to explain in a 30 second elevator pitch, everything a company would need to know. So, you know, the, the, there's the certification itself in the United States and in, uh, in Italy, actually there's a new legal form called the benefit corporation. It's also considered a global movement. And so business owners would say like, oh, this is really cool. I'm excited, but I, I need to, where should I go to learn more? And so I, taking that sort of knowledge and saying, wow, this, all these business owners are saying they want to learn more. I just need, I, I almost need like a book to be able to hand to anybody to say, all right, here's my elevator pitch, but just check, here's a book to keep with you. You know, it'll explain everything. So that was sort of the, uh, the original intention was just, I needed to solve my own problem to be able to give companies um, a resource that they could use to become certified B Corps. That, that, isn't that that's cool? <clears throat> so you you know like you you be you know this so it helped you in in terms of what your your goal was as a consultant. But what did you like? So as you embarked on this, what did you learn uh, through the process? Yeah. So, I mean, a, a lot of different things. Um, one is that many companies are actually pretty excited about social and environmental impact and then giving them this framework where they could measure, you know, maybe community impact or environmental impact or worker impact or, um, you know, the governance structure of their company. It finally gave these CEOs and other companies a way to just say, Hey, I actually, I can be better. Um, so a, a lot of companies have just you know, not everyone who takes the what they call the B impact assessment, which is the free tool that B Lab created to um, to allow any company to become a B Corp. So there's there's 2000 certified B Corps, but there's um, almost 50,000 companies who have taken just the B impact assessments, the uh, free tool. Um, it's B impact assessment dot com or actually it's B impact assessment dot net. So <laughs> maybe you guys could post it in the show notes at some point. But um but yeah, so I, I think that there was just a realization of even if companies don't want to go fully to certified, there's this incredible interest just to benchmark performance and just learn about blind spots and ways to do better. So that that was really surprising to me was just how much interest there is in being a better business, in not necessarily even fully certifying as a B Corp. Well, and, and you know, and actually, as I'm reading, I'm we just I just clicked on uh, the link um, to get to the book. And, um, you know, and it really speaks to people in business. So, so I don't know how much you know about both of us. I know, you know, Greg, but we're, I'm, we're both entrepreneurs and, um, and Greg is the, uh, B Corp evangelist of this region. Uh, actually, and, 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 and Dave is on my ambassador list yeah. to, to convert sometime soon. 
<laughs> We've been saying that for a few, a few more than a few. So, so maybe it'll be, maybe uh, it'll be Ryan that finally converts me. But I, and there's for no other reason. I just just got crazy stuff going on. But but what I just was reading this. It says, um, you know, Ryan Honeyman shows that using a business as a force for good can help you attract and retain the best talent, distinguish your company in a crowded market, and increase customer trust, loyalty, and evangelism for your brand. I mean, who who wouldn't want to do that? Yeah, and I think that most. And what's interesting too is that. You know, perhaps the um, the opportunity for for the growth of the B Corp movement is there's a ton of B, of people who are interested in becoming certified B Corps or or even just taking the assessment tool. Um, but there's you know business owners like you you both know as entrepreneurs we're we're busy we don't have time to just you know spend a few hours. It's like usually we pay people to do our own taxes. Very few of us would like sit down and go through QuickBooks or whatever and actually like do our own I have business. No, I I couldn't <laughs> even begin to think of doing it for a whole bunch of reasons. <laughs> but, but just staying yeah. awake through it would be the first. So there's been a lot of interestingly, you know, um MBA students and folks, you know, even undergrads coming out of university have said Hey, you know, we could actually take this B impact assessment and go to our local business and help them take the just you know, get assessed by this process. Um, you know, because it one, it helps grow this global movement of B Corps or or companies measuring their impacts, which we're excited about. And two, it gives them the the practical skills to really um build, you know, to basically learn more about how to run and uh, and sort of improve an actual business. So not just reading in books about about business and sustainability, but actually going out and implementing it. The uh, the other thing that you and I have been talking a little bit about, uh, Ryan, is your new initiative, uh, a crowdfunding initiative that is going to be really important. And I'd love for you to explain uh, what the initiative is and and the the women and uh, other um, groups that will be benefiting from it and really where that project is right now and certainly how our Boiling Point listeners can uh, get involved. So why don't we use this as a platform to talk about your current project? Yeah, thanks, Greg. So we've been really excited because over the past few years, we've at Lyft Economy, we're a five-person team, we've been working with about 120 different social entrepreneurs who are very ethically aligned and very high impact and sort of are creating businesses that we sort of see that fit along this 500-year plan to change the economy. So it could be worker-owned cooperatives or companies doing regenerative agriculture or, um, you know, companies run by women and people of color. So the challenge um, for Lyft has been we've wanted to help these companies, but they're usually small, you know, a couple million in revenues or even less than a million in revenues. Um, and they don't really have the, the time or money to pay consultants to help them scale. So we said, well, maybe we should start an accelerator for these high impact, ethically aligned companies to help them grow. So this was about two years ago. We started tossing this idea around. And then I said, well, you know, because I, I see everything through the B Corp lens. So my idea was, well, why don't we make this a B Corp accelerator, um, you know, because we could help them certify as B Corps and then we could help connect them to this global movement of 2000 B Corp CEOs who might be mentors and potential supply chain partners. So we got excited about that idea. And then we said, well, if we're going to do a B Corp accelerator, we should focus it on best for the world. So in, in B Corp parlance, uh, Best for the world B Corps are those that score in the top 10% of all B Corps worldwide. And so we said, why don't we do this 
women and people of color focused, um, you know, businesses that are very high impact or, or solve climate change and then have them be best for the world B Corps. And so we, we kind of had a, uh, a, a crazy project idea, which is now up and running, um, to raise a million dollars um, and accelerate seven to ten of these high-impact, um, diverse and inclusive companies to be uh, certified B Corps and best for the world B Corps, and um, basically help try and make new models for the next economy. So we've uh, we've raised two hundred twenty thousand dollars so far on WeFunder. WeFunder is one of those. Um, new equity crowdfunding websites. So as most people are familiar with Kickstarter, Kickstarter, it's like if you invest, you get like a t-shirt or a CD with, with uh, WeFunder and equity crowdfunding, you actually get, um, you know, you can take equity or you get a return on your investment. So it's more of an investment rather than cool. a gift. Yeah. Well, I, actually, can we, I, 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 like, tell me about, I'm not familiar with Kickstarter. What, what's, what, and I, we got a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to this podcast. What, tell us a little bit, but I know we're getting a little bit off track, but this kind of, that's why we, well, we have podcasts. Well, uh, we can do that. We right? can start by, uh, by telling uh, you, Dave, that they're B Corp. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, well, that's good. Why don't we get Ryan to ex explain the, the, the crowdfunding yeah. phenomenon? Yeah. yeah. Sure. So, crowdfunding, um, you know, I'm not sure exactly when it started. I want to say like 2008 or, you know, it started to pick up, but it's essentially, um, you have, so I think Kickstarter started with artistic ideas. So say you want to do an art show and you're an artist, um, you know, you've hit up all your friends and family for money. And then they, these folks had an idea, well, why don't we create a, a site, a centralized site where you can post a project idea, like help me raise money for my art show. And then people will donate, you know, five bucks, 10 bucks, a hundred bucks, a thousand bucks, et cetera, uh, essentially to help you with your art show. And you might give them back you know, a free painting for anyone who donates, you know, a thousand dollars or more. So it was this way of accessing the crowd, you know, thousands and thousands, millions of people that you don't know to help raise money for projects. So the um, Kickstarter started, there's another one called Indiegogo. And then in the United States, they have been, you know, last few years, they've been pushing for equity crowdfunding, which, you know, again, it's like, uh, it's great to give a company a hundred bucks and get a t-shirt, but what if you really liked a company in your local community, say like a local grocery store that was, you know, focused on, you know, sustainable products and you could actually invest directly into that grocery store, even if you weren't, uh, a, what they call an accredited investor, at least in the United States, it means you have to have, you know, I think a couple hundred thousand dollars in annual revenues. Like what if you just wanted to be an average Joe consumer who to invest in that store because you believed in it? So they just passed a law um, uh, allowing these, I think there's about 12 websites where you can do equity crowdfunding. And so ours is hosted on one of them called WeFunder. It's wefunder.com slash force for good. That's our fund uh, you know, address. And we're accepting donation or investments for as little as $1,000. Um, and we're trying to raise a million dollars over the next uh, six months or so. Well done. And it's going well. It's going very well. Yeah, we've got 71 investors so far and raised about $220,000. Excellent. Yeah, and the um, uh, going and it's interesting, Ryan, uh, you're a, a podcaster as well. Uh, and um, I can't remember if it was on your podcast or somebody else's that we were talking about the issue of, of crowdfunding and the very fact that you have to be an accredited investor first and how that actually discludes such a massive uh, population 
of people to even be able to be involved in investing in local local uh, uh, initiatives and, and companies. And uh, apparently, this was quite a controversy when this when this uh, uh, you know when this bill got passed to to allow uh, equity crowdfunding. Do you, was it yeah. you? Was it you guys talking about that, or is that something else? Because, and I'd love to get your thought on that too. Because really, it's democratized the, the ability to invest. Whether you're you're investing a hundred dollars into something or a million, but you're allowed to invest. If you didn't have that two hundred thousand dollars in the bank account, essentially you weren't allowed investing. Is that kind of how it worked in the United States? Yeah. So the yeah one of our business partners, Jenny Casson, has a she's been an an expert on alternative forms of capital for entrepreneurs. So. Traditionally, it was, uh, I think it was 95% of invest or people in the United States are not accredited. So you had, you know, you have all these people being like, oh, I'm going to go to Silicon Valley and raise money. But it's like, you're only really talking to 5% of the total population. So with, with crowdfunding and, and, you know, with that 5%, you usually have folks who want a gigantic return on investments because they've you know, they're, they're sort of venture capitalists. And they're like, okay, I want to see a Snapchat or a Twitter or something like that. And if you're a social entrepreneur, you know, maybe you're not, maybe you're trying to grow, but you're not necessarily trying to be a global, like dominating web tech platform. Like maybe you're just trying to be a regional food, agricultural food hub for, you know, in, in organic food or something. Um, and so typically you would not be able to raise money because banks wouldn't, fund you because maybe you don't have the assets or the, the sort of credit history or, you know, and you're not necessarily a venture growth focused company. So, um, uh, with equity crowdfunding, now you can raise money from, from anyone. Um, and ours is actually a thousand dollar minimum, but some of the other projects on WeFunder are only a hundred dollar minimum. That's so it's, nice. um, it's really cool. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really very cool. So tell us about uh, podcasts. How did you get in it? How long has it been around? Who are you interviewing? What do you love about it? Um, <laughs> how do we listen to it? Yeah, I love yeah, It's funny. I, I, uh, so the, the, our podcast is called next economy now, and it's all about interviewing the leaders who are, you know, doing sort of regenerative or bioregional or democratic or transparent, uh, initiatives to create this next economy. And the idea came, uh, sort of by accident. Like I think, I think most podcasts are sort of by accident. No, this, like was, this was very yeah. intentional. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're we very had, planned. We had the formula <laughs> all cleaned up before we started. Yeah. Yeah. So ours was just, you know, I had just joined lift economy about a year and a half or two years ago. And I, my business partners really knew a lot about things that I didn't know a lot about. So, you know, permaculture or, you know, worker-owned cooperatives or, or sort of, you know, like direct public off, like alternative forms of raising money. So I said, why don't we just record conversations of each other, you know, just to sort of help each other learn about these cool projects. And then, so we did that a few times, like, well, let's just throw this up on the web and see what happens. And then all of a sudden people were listening to it and we're like, all right, well, maybe we should just make an actual podcast. So I, I definitely think that, uh, what, what I like most about it, and I think you guys have a similar setup is, uh, I like podcasts where they, where you get to interview others uh, and learn something new as opposed to podcasts where it's like the same people only talking to each other about a topic. You know, so it's I really like the idea of, of interviewing other folks and bringing them in and learning about cool projects. So that's yeah. what gets me. Most and I, I'm with you with that, uh, Ryan, because for, for Dave and I, uh, the two of us have worked together for years uh, uh, and Dave interviews a lot of people for a newspaper article he, he writes on a weekly basis about uh, leaders and entrepreneurs. And in my type of work as a film 
production guy. I've interviewed hundreds, if not thousands of people. And the two of us have that love for connecting with other people through interviewing. Um, and just, I don't, I can't remember what the initial idea was, but, oh, I know what it was. I just randomly found out about NMX, which was the New Media Expo in Las Vegas, which was the blog, it used to be called Blogger World. Um, and this particular year, which was only two and a half years ago, uh, they had a strong focus on podcasting. And literally, I found out about it, and the next day I was on an airplane to Vegas. It was that quick. Wow. I was like, I don't know what podcasting is really. I kind of do, but I need to figure this out. And only two and a half, maybe three years ago, podcasting still was not a word that most people knew. So that's, that's how quickly this thing has been growing. And when I got back, I, I think I called you, Dave. <laughs> I was like, we need to make a podcast. This is what we're doing. And the the neat thing from that, Ryan, is the amount of experts that we've spoken to. I think you might be 151 episodes now. I don't know. Like we're, we're getting up there. And that's 150 some odd awesome human beings that we've we've been able to learn from. And talk about an interesting way to expand a network as well, you know. And uh, so really it's been selfishly a wonderful education every single episode. I'm sure you can relate to that too. Yeah, and I will say that people talk to you who you would otherwise have no, re- <laughs> you would have no standing to reach out to them. Exactly. You know, like we, we interviewed the CEO of Patagonia. And if I said, hey, will you just talk to me about X, she probably would have said no. But if I'm like, hey, I'm going to interview you on a podcast. She's like, yeah. Okay, so I, I got to uh, tell, <laughs> tell you who our, our Dave and my's favorite uh, celebrity was. Uh, Commander Chris Hatfield, uh, commander of the International Space Station. So we got the first astronaut podcast interview, and that's when we realized we hit the big time. <laughs> wow. That is a – you guys have definitely taken it well beyond what we're doing. No, not true. Awesome. Besides uh, Rose Macario, what are uh, a few of the other kind of uh, legends that you've been able to connect with? Well, I will tell you that um, we just interviewed Rick Ridgway – and that went, that wow. was, uh, from Patagonia yeah. and he, um, our, our highest listened episode so far was like a, you know, a thousand and two, like 1200 listens. Um, and he went up to a thousand listens in, in two or three weeks. So I will say that anybody with Patagonia to their name is like a four X or on the listener base. Isn't that um, cool? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. we, we actually had Phil Graves on quite a long time ago from Patagonia. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting too, Ryan, I, uh, I was screening our film millennial dream last night in a, in a city. It's like four and a half hour drive away from here. And, uh, I decided to, to purchase, um, Yvonne Chouinard's new book, uh, let my people go surfing. I don't know. Have you read the book? Yeah. That is a great, oh my fantastic God. book. It's so good. So I, I got the audio book, of course, as I drive, you know. Um, and I was telling Dave about it. Dave, you gotta, you have to listen or read this book. Mm-hmm. It is phenomenal. And then, you know, you're talking about these people like uh, uh, Rick Ridgway and all, all these other icons of that company. They're more like rock stars than, <laughs> than business people, you know. And I think when we look at all these discussions that we have in, you know, in the B Corp world or in business for good, you know, we are we're part of a really special niche, you know, that uh, really does have a different type of status in the business world, you know, and especially the ones who've really been able to scale it, like the, the Patagonias. What are some of the other folks, not necessarily in the B Corp world, but just out there in the business world that you're working with that you feel are really doing some amazing cutting edge things that we should all keep an eye on? You know, there's a few investors since we've been involved in this fund We've been looking at, you know, who are the sort of very cutting edge investors, 
um, and folks who deal with money who are just well beyond the sort of average um, venture capitalist or average bank. So there's a few folks that we've interviewed, like Kat Taylor. She's the co-founder of Beneficial State Bank, which is a B Corp. Um, we're going to be speaking to a woman named Kristen Hull from a, a soon-to-be B Corp called NIA Global Solutions. I think it's NIA Global Solutions. She's really on the cutting edge of um, impact investing. And then um, just basically looking at uh, another one is Morgan Simon from a from a venture or a mission venture capital firm called Pi Investments PI, uh, and it's just some of those folks that it's so inspiring to see some of the the ways that they're using economic capital to really make a big change because there's just so much. It's incredible to listen to what Cat Taylor says about banking and how how much power banks have to leverage like turn a dollar into $10 and make loans and just like what that can do if it's amplified in a negative way or a positive way in terms of those loans. Um, so I've just been really fascinated by that sort of finance, the sort of impact investing finance side of, of, of the world. And, and I mean, what a, what an important thing to figure out as well. eh? I mean, because I mean, part of the challenge I see in, in a lot of things, a lot of, a lot of initiatives, but people want to do good. They're, they're forgetting about that whole financial aspect. Right. And the importance of, of, um, you know, of funding it properly and, and not just being a passion, right? But actually, you know, really helping it scale and, and, and get funding the life. it as well from sources that you know are, Ethical, are clean, right? You know, yeah. um, so we're at, so we, we have a, we, we run on about a 25 minute uh, interview and we're, we're just reaching the end here, um, Ryan. How do people um, learn more about like Lift Economy, you, and, and if, if someone was listening to this and say, geez, I re- I'd really like to be on his podcast or, or, uh, or, or invest in the, or invest uh, in or the, whatever yeah. it may be. Can you give us some, maybe give us people some deep. Sure. Yeah. I'll give you a few uh, resources. So our, our Lift consulting website is lifteconomy.com. So that's L-I-F-T economy.com. Um, my email is ryan at lifteconomy.com. And then if folks are interested in learning about the uh, Force for Good Accelerator and Fund, that's the fund we started recently, they can check out uh, wefunder.com slash force for good. That's wefunder.com slash force for good. And then once uh, once you have uh, raised all the money, Ryan, when do you feel your first cohort might, uh, might start up? Well, we've once we reach 300,000, which we... Anticipate happening in the next two weeks or so. We'll probably try to make the first three investments in early 2017. So, uh, folks, if they're interested in following our our sort of uh, status on that, um, our newsletter at lifteconomy.com is a great way to just we'll, we'll do monthly updates on the fund and other best practices and resources for folks. That's awesome. So, why don't we plan on getting you back on here um, x amount of months into things getting rolling because I think we we and our listeners would love to hear how how it's going because it's a it's a startup you know you're 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 a a seasoned entrepreneur yourself but you're you're getting back into startup mode for, for this project so it'll be really exciting to hear uh, some of the wins uh, and some of the challenges uh, as you go through this process absolutely yeah happy to be back Awesome. Well, Ryan, thank you so much, man. It was really nice to meet you in person last week as well. Uh, uh, in this community, we we have all these digital friends that uh, we know that there's flesh and bones uh, somewhere, but when you actually see someone in uh, in human form, it's always uh, nice to realize that they are indeed human and not bots. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was great to meet you in person, my friend, and I hope we get to do that again sometime soon. 
Yeah, and we'll have to have you guys on. We'll have a Next Economy Now podcast on ours, and we should just geek out on po- like how to start a podcast. Yeah. And, Do like, you know what? Bring us yeah. in on that. We, love we would love that. That'd be cool, huh? Yeah. Awesome, Ryan. Okay. Well, thanks so much, my friend. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, have a great rest of the day. Uh, you take care, man. Take, Bye-bye. Thanks. You know, when I was thinking about the, the, you know, and we didn't get a chance to really dig in, but the whole the whole idea of interviewing someone else, like, I'm just imagining who would, who would listen to us jamming for 25 minutes? Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like that's the other part of it. Like I mean, it would get. I mean, I we love learning from other people, and but you uh, wouldn't want to hear me talk to you for. <clears> well, maybe minutes. people would want to listen to you, but they wouldn't want to listen to no, me. No, I don't minutes. think. You know what I mean? And I'm thinking, how you'd run out of con. You like you'd run out of things to say. I would think. But then, you, like I think about. Um, and as we go on for like ten minutes at the, the end yeah, of this, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I do, I, I do listen to some of these other podcasts where it is just a person talking for half an hour. And if they're engaging and something really cool to say, no problem. But uh, it amazes me that somebody can sit in a room by themselves and talk into a mic for a full half hour, 45 minutes and actually keep people engaged. Like that's, that, that's, that's talent. A, that's a real gift. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It, well, and I guess, yeah, I guess it's topical and all that kind of stuff. But, um, but, and so, so that's really, he's uh, very generous as, as, as everyone I've, you've introduced me to in this movement. Um, with his time and with his, you know, with, with his information, you know, and, and, uh, what a knowledgeable guy. And it's really interesting, um, to hear his lens and his approach to just really understanding even the financial systems that help support it. And, and then being, as you mentioned, clean, you know, and, 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 um, and all the, the kind of the levers that can, that can, you know, really slow, slow a, a new economy down and, you know, the importance of understanding how, how some of those old economy levers tie into, you know, and, and can really propel new economy. Right. right? Exactly. And, and it's so, so it's just, it's just, it's grounded in some of that kind of reality, if you will. Mm-hmm. And it's, anyways, it's very cool to hear that bridge. So I'm, you know, I, I mean, I'm just wrestling, trying to understand it, but I just thought, man, I, and, and actually I'm really intrigued by the book. I've got the book. And in fact, I'll, I'll buy you the book. Uh, uh, you are an ambassador, man. I'm an ambassador. But but you notice how I haven't forced you to uh, to to do the B impact assessment yet, uh, and, I, and I never will. But I figure with bringing all these awesome people on, you might uh, sure. that it's you know it's just power of uh, uh, you know subconscious uh, influence. Um, my takeaway is there's people like Ryan that are just doing so many amazing things self selflessly, uh, like writing a book for the community, like building a a, a crowdfunded. Uh, you know, project to accelerate social purpose companies. Like, people are doing this for the right reasons, and Ryan is definitely a, a shining example of that. And it's inspiring. And next week, to be determined. To be, T B D, to be determined. <laughs> okay, Dave. Well, listen. As man, always, fun. I haven't seen you uh, yawn yet today, which means it's been a very exciting day for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. <laughs> Always is when I hang out with you. <laughs> All right, Dave. See you next week. See you next week, buddy. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep that pot boiling. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. 
4Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at 4Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback.